Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, 2022 has been a rough year for agriculture, including U.S. cattle producers. Yeah, it has. It's been a tough year, but I would say if we really put it in perspective, it's been a pretty tough stretch here over the last three or four years now. Think about August of 2019. We had the Tyson fire and we created backups there and front end supplies. And then shortly after that, we got into the COVID situation and we've had drought piled right on top of that through most of these. And the drought got wider spread this year. So it's been a difficult year, but I would say in spite of some of those headwinds, these markets have performed about as we expected. We're going to end up averaging between 142 and 143 for fed cattle for the year. Feeder cattle and calf prices have responded as well. That's Randy Block, CEO of Cattle Facts. He says the price of feed is limiting opportunities for profit. Grain and roughage prices have been the biggest shock to the system. We just aren't generating much profitability out here for cow-calf producers. That's been very, very difficult. Even though calf prices are $35 a hundred higher than a year ago, there's still not much money being made. And Block says the markets are rallying at the end of 2022. We're seeing a normal season rally. This is what we expect in years like this. High probability that we make our highest highs of the year in November. December, December in what we call these non-expansion years. So we typically take out the spring highs and make higher highs in the fall, and this year's been right on schedule. Well, cattle producers are very concerned about drought continuing through the winter months. Well, and it should be. I mean, we're not going to get many cattle turned out. It doesn't look like this fall or number of cattle in winter grazing programs is down significantly so far. You know, the reality is, is even if we do, we got to remember that our feeder cattle and calf supply outside of feedlots is down 800,000 head. We get rain. It's going to cost a pretty penny to buy those cattle and to be able to turn them out. So I think producers really need to be aware of that. Market will respond very quickly when we have rain, but keep in mind there's 800,000 fewer of them to pick and choose from. And again, that's Randy Block, CEO of Cattle Facts. While several undecided elections in key parts of rural America are still up for grabs, Cody Lyon, Managing Director of Advocacy and Political Affairs for the American Farm Bureau, we heard from him earlier this week. We have more comments from him today. He talks about what we know about the makeup of the 118th Congress. At this point, it is still to be determined. Neither party has a majority in the House or the Senate that's needed. We expect the Republicans to gain majority in the House by a very narrow margin. And the Senate will be unknown until the runoff election in Georgia is decided on December 6th. Based on the results so far, Lyon talks about what it might mean for developing the next farm bill. I believe we're similar to what we were prior to the election, except a Republican House will change the focus of what they want to be involved with. And the biggest change is really going to be in committee leadership. We're fortunate in that we have a very good relationship with the chairman and ranking member of the House Ag Committee. And if those two roles switch, we know we have good relationships with both those members of Congress. And it's the same on the Senate side as well. He says there are three undecided Senate elections that will be very important important to developing the farm bill. 
the one in Georgia, just as it was two years ago, could very well determine whether or not the Senate is going to be 51-49, one party over the other, or 50-50, in which case Vice President Harris would be the deciding vote. On the House side, the margins are going to be very narrow, very close, and some of the races we're looking at are in some more rural areas, and we want to see who wins those races, because some of those members are on the House Agriculture Committee. Again, that's Cody Lyon of the American Farm Bureau. Well, a cooling-off period has derailed the freight railroad strike for now as key unions continue negotiations that could still spare agriculture and other industries a devastating rail shutdown. The new strike deadline has been moved into December, a nearly three-week extension, but just to kick the can down the tracks result for the ethanol industry. Our industry is highly reliant and dependent on smooth and efficient rail service, and and we're definitely reliant on the trains running. And and if the trains stop running, ethanol plants stop running. Jeff Cooper, who heads the Renewable Fuels Association, says the corn ethanol industry needs the railroads and unions to hammer out a more permanent solution. Without it, Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley says Congress will have to step in. I made it very clear that I'm ready to vote for a bill in Congress that we were set to vote on in September but didn't need to because the president intervened successfully and put it off until now. And now the unions have agreed to the cooling off period to allow more negotiations and logistical planning for manufacturers who argue a rail strike could devastate the economy and add to inflation. Cooper says his industry has suffered enough from shipping delays. It really has been a nightmare scenario for the ethanol industry in terms of transportation challenges this past year and somehow we've been able to gut through it but a rail strike or any further limitations on the river system would be really problematic for the industry. Referring to the low water levels on the Mississippi, the rail industry earlier put the cost to the broader economy of a strike at $2 billion per day. Supply chain challenges are making it difficult for farmers to get their commodities to domestic and international customers. Mike Steenhook, executive director of the Soy Transportation Coalition, says it's always a good day to diversify your supply chains. Yeah, one of the cardinal rules in supply chains is don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And when you as an industry, when you as a company have a variety of supply chain options, you stand to benefit and you're going to be more competitive. It's always a good day to try to diversify your supply chain. It's particularly a good day to do so when we've got a number of these significant challenges, whether it's the state of our inland waterway system with low water levels on the Mississippi River, whether it is uncertainty and unreliability within the rail sector, and obviously this potential threat of a strike certainly is concerning to a lot of people in agriculture. Drought continues to make shipping along many of the major U.S. waterways a big challenge. The Great Lakes and St. Lawrence Seaway is an alternative for some commodity-producing states to ship their goods overseas. The number of key soybean and agricultural-producing states that are adjacent to the Great Lakes and St. Lawrence Seaway. So you've got this pretty significant maritime option to the north that can be able to provide connectivity with some of our customers in other countries. It's not going to be the solution to everyone. There's certain areas of the country where you're too far removed from the Great Lakes and St. Lawrence Seaway. But it is an option that should be more widely considered. Shippers wanting to move commodities through the Great Lakes and St. Lawrence Seaway for the first time could save some money by doing so. To further encourage that, the Soy Transportation Coalition and the St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation are continuing a partnership that we have in which we offer what's called the Gateway Incentive Agreement. And that is available to agricultural shippers within the United States. If you want to devote new freight 
to the Great Lakes St. Lawrence Seaway system, you will be eligible for a 50% reduction in tolls that are paid when you navigate the seaway in their inventory of locks. For more information on shipping and saving money on tolls, contact Steenhook at the Soy Transportation Coalition for more information. That's all the time we have for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.